You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Uh, that was an interesting discussion with Carolina, and uh, before we press on, I think I'm just going to do a few quick um, shout-outs. Uh, Glenn Fleischman, uh, don't forget his Working From Home book is still free, uh, and since then he has published, uh, prolifically published, two more books, Take Control of Zoom, and most recently, Take Control of Slack. Um, and I'm hoping to get Glenn back on the show uh, probably later in July. Um, don't forget Steve over at Geek's Corner uh, is always having a, a giveaways. Keep an eye out for him. Uh, links in the show notes. Um, and I note that he has revived his Geek's Corner podcast, which is normally a sort of five to ten minute segment. Um, after about a year's hiatus, he has relaunched that. So if you're interested in uh, listening to Steve give you a five to ten minute snippet on something, uh, take a look. Uh, Serif have expanded their sale to everything and that uh, is 50% off all the Serif Affinity products and everything else in the store. That's all the add-ons, all the packs and such on um, until June the 20th. Still got time to get something there. And Skylum have a summer sale, which is 50% off Luminar 4, if you're interested in that. Um, so, lots of stories uh, this week, having, you know, a couple of weeks where we've had very little of any interest. Um, I'm not sure many of these are worth a great discussion, so we're going to do a Bart as we... Uh, nicknamed it, and uh, skim over the headlines, and if anything uh, catches our attention, we will mention it. Um, Apple, uh, uh, in the Apple section, Apple have committed $100 million to a racial uh, equity initiative uh, for boosting their black partners, according to VentureBeat and a lot of other people, because, uh, well, that's Apple doing what uh, Tim Cook said he was going to do, and face racism head on. Um, I don't think we've got anything to say about that, have we, chaps? That's just no. that's good news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good on him. <laughs> good on him. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, this one, uh, kind of um, in a offhand way, affects uh, Jim. Apple have renamed their Buchanan Street store as Apple Glasgow um, as uh, calls for racial justice mount, and um, I'm you know, I'm not familiar with the, you know, the uh, root of the Buchanan Street name, but I believe uh, it's named after somebody who is described as a uh, planter, which usually means uh, that's a euphemism for uh, West Indian plantation owning slaveholder, as I understand. Yeah, like, like most cities in the UK, um, a lot of the cities, the streets are named after people who made their fortune from slavery. Mm. Um, so you, you can you can see what's in the news before the riots and demonstrations and things and people knocking down statues. Um, so it's just a, it's basically Apple um, removing a person's name from the the store that uh, may have had or hasn't had a, a bad. Um, I'm trying trying to explain what I'm meaning, but I'm feeling miserably here. <laughs> I know, yeah, um, bad connotations, <laughs> a poor yeah. connotation. I mean, I think so, I don't want to get too much into the politics, but as my yeah. daughter said to me. You know, there are a lot of statues, particularly from the 19th, you know, 18th and 19th century, um, which celebrate people who are very wealthy and may or may not have done philanthropic things with their money, such as donate libraries or schools or whatever, but who made their money from what is now considered very unsavory practices. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think, I'm, I'm not going to go on at great length, but I think a lot of these statues need to be 
let's just say, placed in a more contextual situation. So if you're going to put it in a museum where you can explain how this statue came to be and why it was erected in, in whatever town, but also pointing out perhaps the history of said person, that might be better than currently having up uh, statues of people who made their money from um, human trafficking, effectively. Um, yes, and, and as I was talking with my family at the weekend, it's also a distraction from the Black Lives Matter thing, really. I mean, it, I know it's connected, but the statues are 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 a minor part of what needs fixing i think that is also um, very much true and um somebody pointed out to me that um some of the reporting of you know said uh quote unquote attacks on statues is uh what's known in the trade as a dead cat uh which is yes never never mind all that political over unrest over there look at this dead cat um, uh, right, I see. Yeah. Well, yeah. yes, very much so, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it's used, it can be used as a distraction. So, anyway, we're not a politics show, so we've made ourselves clear on that. Um. <laughs> anyway, Apple Glasgow uh, is rather a, a common thing to do now. Um, dear, I'll spit it out in a minute. Um, Elon Musk is quite fond of their, their big manufa- battery manufacturing factories and things are now called. Gigafactory uh, Germany and Gigafactor Berlin, and <laughs> so it's quite common to uh, to well, name I, things after the place where it's in. So that's fine. I I was under the impression that Apple was very much doing that already anyway, so that they're known as Apple Store Sydney and you know Apple Store. Yeah, it makes sense. Doesn't Glasgow it? and from places like London, where you've got several stores. Yes, the, the, um, you can't call it Apple London. Well, yeah, technically, technically speaking, um, there are two stores in Glasgow. Uh, one's in Brayhead and the one's in Buchanan Street. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, but, um, okay, but you can call it Glasgow and get away with it because, you know, everybody knows the other one is Brayhead, so, yeah, I suppose. But the problem is you've still got the address. It's still Buchanan Street. Oh, yes, that's you know, right. It's, yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't get around that. So it doesn't can't, change that. You but, can't get round that. It's a gesture, isn't it? It's a gesture to a, yeah. do the right thing. Yeah, I yeah. think it's, and some people will. I think some people will say that these things are meaningless gestures, but I, I don't think they are. I think the whole point is that, to some extent, you have to make these little changes because that is how you remove the kind of ingrained problems that we as to be honest, privileged white folks don't always understand. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And, you know, you you can't remove a big problem by waving a magic wand. You have to chip away at its foundations until it mm-hmm. falls yeah, you over. You have to educate people. Exactly, yeah. 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 Explain the history behind education? it and why, why you want to change it. And, yeah. Indeed. Uh, okay, so moving on from that one, uh, Apple Maps real-time transit information is now available in several more countries and regions. Um, Alistair posted this. Um, I think it may now include Glasgow, which might be partly why he uh, mentioned your yeah. name. Yeah, it's single. It's now covering Glasgow, but uh, I, I find Apple Maps not the best app to use. As much as I hate using Google products, uh, Google Maps is far, far better, especially for transit. But I, um, you, you, if you really want you know, like train times and bus times, you're better using a dedicated app, I, I think. I have to admit, although I have found um, of late Apple Maps to be um, quite adequate, my uh, app of choice tends to be NavMe, which is N-A-V-M-I-I, which is a free um, you know, GPS sat-nav app which is available for yeah. ios um like jim i fall back on google normally because because it's easier I, obviously i have to admit that since my you know my current car came with a built-in gps i use um navme and apple maps far less um right because my previous oh, that car, make, yeah that makes sense you know my previous uh, car uh, did uh, not have a sat nav a problem i still find with apple maps is um if you look at if you look in a, a specific place on the map, you'll maybe looking for a you know, like a store or something, um, and you'll see all these different things highlighted, you know, businesses and stuff. Um, 
I mean, you look at it, and you know, if you're familiar with the area, and you look at it, well, that, that place is not there. It's like half a mile down the road. Yeah. Um, so so there's, there are inaccuracies with regards to, you know, points of interest. But you still get you still get streets that, but you know the map shows it's got a kink in it, you know a curve, it's uh, a twist, an S bend, and then in reality it's a straight road, you know. So it's not I don't know, it's still not as good as it should be. No, well then I have to say that um, certainly around here um, in Suffolk, I in the same way if you look at Google, you will find um, businesses or whatnot, and they'll be at the wrong end of the high street or the wrong mm-hmm. side of the you know, the wrong side of the junction, um, and so on. So there you go. Uh, of course, mapping is hard. Don't, you know, it, <laughs> mapping uh, is then, actually actually quite a difficult thing to do. And uh, in, in Apple's defence, both Google and Apple get it wrong as well. Um, I, I tried one time to uh, work out the time it would take me to walk from a town centre to the station. And um, when I, you know, uh, put the search and it came up with a route. It took me, <clears throat> excuse me, it took me way out to the east end of the town to come back all the way to get to the to the station. Uh, whereas if I'd walked straight down, it would be a straight. You know, we're basically going from north to south. Um, so both maps gave me the like a thirty minute journey by bus when it was you know, it was only about a ten minute walk. Um, they, they both still have their problems. Indeed. I just think when it comes, I just think when it comes to mapping, you're going to take the, <laughs> you're going to take the route of re, of least resistance, aren't you? I mean, forgive mm. the map analogy, but if Google's easier to use, which I think on the whole Google Maps is easier to use, then I'm going to use Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like you, Simon, I have sat nav in the car, so if I'm in the car, I'll probably just, even though I've got um, Apple CarPlay. I'll probably still end up using the uh, built-in satnav because it's, yeah, it's it's less easier. effort. De- definitely, and in mine, I can throw I can throw the um you know the map can be uh, placed in the main console, not just down in the uh, control piece. Yeah, I have the exactly. option to yeah. throw the map up um, and replace the rev counter and and so on. Um, well, that's we, useful. Yeah, yeah, you can it it, it will cover two thirds of the dash and condense the. You know the speedo and and things to yes. I think mine does. I think mine puts the directions in the dash, so it'll say turn left or turn right or that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, Apparently, Apple have removed Pocket Cast's podcast player from the App Store in China at the Chinese government's request. Uh, I haven't read into that. Um, Some people up Mm. in arms about that. I don't know. You know, I don't know why. um, You know whether Pocket Cast is hosting. you know, a number of uh, quote-unquote dissident podcasts, I, I, I wouldn't know. Um, I'm sure Apple are no keener on removing that than they are on anything else the Chinese government asked them to. But uh, as I, I, Bart has pointed out, uh, and we've said before, Apple are still beholden to the Chinese government um, when it comes to the law in China. So, apparently, uh, um, Pocket Cast is not the only uh, podcast app that's been removed. Um, Castro has also been removed from the App Store. It's really? not one I've heard of. Yeah, uh, it's an update to the article uh, six eleven. It says so. I presume that's the eleventh of the the sixth of you know, this yes. month. Um, and it's saying that Castro has been removed as well. Um, yeah, and another one called Quartz News, apparently. Yeah, Quartz News. I mean, it's it's we we know what it is. It's it's China trying to control mm-hmm. news and <laughs> that sort of thing from the West. Sadly, yes. There we go. Um, okay, Apple is apparently going to conti- discontinue iBooks author on July the first and encourages writers to transition to using Pages. Um, there aren't many people that use that anymore. What I've, I've never used though. it. Well, yeah. unless, unless yeah. you, you know, I think, I think initially, I got the impression it was a bit of a fiddly thing to use anyway. I think it was. I did look at it when it first launched. I think at the, the point was at the time, Pages was still um, kind of trying doing in the transition from the old Pages to the new, you know, yes. on iOS as well, and that was where yeah, they took was. quite a yeah. lot of features out. And then have gradually added them back in in order to maintain Mac and um, iOS uh, parity, feature parity. Um, I 
I suspect now Pages is probably far a better app for making your iBooks because you can build, you know, WYSIWYG uh, books and then uh, export them. The good, the good thing though is uh, if you've done, if you've actually you know, published a book through the app, um, apparently the uh, the books will still remain available. Yes. Um, yep. So uh, although the app's going away, you, you'll still be able to um, get hold of the books. Yeah, I'm. I'm... It, appear, it appears they're having a little bit of a a tidy out, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, they're coming yeah. across some things they've forgotten about in a in a brown box at the back of a <laughs> at the back of a storeroom, mm-hmm. and thought, oh, iBooks author. Oh no, we'll get rid of that. And yeah. uh, so the next great uh, story is about iTunes U, isn't it? Yeah, the iTunes University apparently will be discontinued at the end of 2021. Um, I've never really made use of the iTunes University, although um, it, it was. Um, and still will be for at least another 18 months, um, a very good resource with a lot of... Um, I don't know if they're going to replace it with something or... Um, because obviously 2021... I don't think I've ever looked at it, you know. No? I don't think I've ever looked at it. Um, no. I I could see it getting rebadged or split off or made into a... Because it, it was part another of... resource. Well, it was part of iTunes, and I don't think a lot of people even knew it was there. Um, if yeah, you went probably. to the iTunes University, there was a huge amount of, um, you know, self-teaching materials and um, that sort of thing. Um, and it, I suspect if you are studying, it could it could be a great resource. I could see them perhaps splitting it off and having a, I don't know, you know, Apple Learning app or, or such in the way that they've split off books and it's become books and podcasts you know as they dismantle the itunes um conglomerate into into pieces um yeah i could yeah, i could see that maybe. i mean 20, end of 2021 gives them lots of time to you know fashion a replacement of some kind and perhaps promote it better because i'm not sure um that many people i mean i think the fact is apple a little bit like um google but perhaps not quite on that scale um, yes uh, try stuff and um, some stuff is popular and some stuff isn't and obviously yeah. these two are, are less popular than they would like uh, well i think ibooks author is probably obsolete and itunes university is either massively underused or they feel it needs a you know a better a better um a spring clean vehicle yes. <laughs> a better vehicle yeah. um some analyst uh has said that Apple should acquire DuckDuckGo to put pressure on Google search. Um, don't see why, personally. DuckDuckGo appears no. to be a perfectly successful company in and of its own right. Um, you know, it's available as a default on Apple um, products. Apple have never really been particularly good or interested in search, well, apart from um, apart from uh, Spotlight, which is which is a good way of searching your machine. But, yes, but um, yeah, they're just not really inter- interested in internet search, so I can't well, see that I, happening. Well, why would they be? I don't, you know, I don't. Why that just seems to be one of those things. Why expend all that effort when there are perfectly good teams of people making a perfectly good living doing it for themselves? Uh, yeah, you know, be it yeah. DuckDuckGo or Startpage or Google or whatever. Um, well, Start Startpage is actually very good. Uh, it gives you Google results without the, the tracking. Um, um, if, if, if DuckDuckGo doesn't find what I'm looking for, I tend now to to use um, the other option. Interesting. Um, yeah. I can't say I've uh, ever re- I've never really used Start Page. I mean, I made DuckDuckGo my default the minute Apple made it the default, and I've never looked back to be honest. Well, I've got I've got DuckDuckGo uh, set as my you know Safari um, means of, of searching. Uh, but I've also got um, start page as a, um, a bookmark. Yeah. Because uh, I, I don't think it I don't think it works in the same sense as you know like DuckDuckGo and all the other uh, you know Google and all that the other search things. It's it's um it's more of a web page search uh, kind of setup. Um, but uh, it's very good. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, there you go. Worth a look for anybody who's yeah. interested in a, that. A, just add a bookmark. Yep. Definitely, um, which is what I did before. Of course, before DuckDuckGo was available as a you know set mm-hmm. as your default on Apple, I simply had it as a as my start page. It's, you know, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, right, ARM Mac speculations. Uh, host of links uh, that would you know host of links. As I say, I picked out the ones that weren't just rehashing the same old stuff. 
Um, the only one we didn't mention when uh, Carolina was here is, would the 12-inch MacBook return fully armed? And uh, there was a host, uh, a host of uh, articles all over the timeline uh, saying that, you know, the MacBook 12-inch with butterfly keyboard could return as the first ARM Mac. Uh, and that's based on a, a comment by some, uh, you know, leaker slash uh, prognosticator I'd never heard of, whose name was Choco or Fudgy or Ice Cream Man or something. Um, I don't I don't see anything in that at all. That strikes me. I mean, the, my view on that, and I don't know what you boys think, is the butterfly keyboard, whether it was really a disaster or not in real life, was, a you know, has become PR-wise toxic. Everybody believes that the... Um, everybody believes that the butterfly keyboard is terrible. Um, I think at Apple would be shooting themselves in the foot to introduce a, you know, another butterfly keyboard machine. No, I can't see them doing that. Nor, nor could I see them introducing, you know, rehashing an old machine to bring in an ARM. That is not an Apple way to go about it at all. So that, no, uh, that just sounds. It, it, it could be. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, don't get me wrong. It could be something at that level, but actually using the. Do you know what I mean? It could be something that come. It could the next that if they are going to do an arm machine, it could come in at that level. Yes, it could come in at the sort of the 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 lowly end, the reasonably powerful but not pro yes. end of a uh, Mac. But but yeah. Calling it the twelve-inch MacBook, I don't know. No, I can't see that happening. I, I no. could see them bringing out a MacBook, uh, ARM-based MacBook with a twelve-inch body, yes. but with a, a with, with a um, uh, bezel-less screen, which gives right. you a much larger screen. Uh, yeah, could, maybe so. Yeah. I could see. But them. I, I, I can't see them going back to that keyboard that gave them no. all the, the no, no the, the, yeah. the bad press it received. It would be. Yeah. I think that would be you suicidal. Would be, You'd be dooming that machine from the outset, as everybody yep. was clapping and cheering when they replaced it with, you know, with a magic keyboard, a traditional uh, scissor switch. Then I, he could, you know, if he has a handle on something, maybe there will be a twelve-inch, you know, arm-based machine. But I cannot see it having a butterfly keyboard. Nor could it, I. It, it could be a potential replacement for the air. Mm, and yet they recently refreshed the air quite heavily. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I think I call uh, nonsense on that one. Right, that's my I throw my I throw my glove on the ground on that one. Um, okay. Uh, Forbes, in their usual negative manner, have a headline of Microsoft just gave a billion users a reason to quit Windows 10, which is farcical. Um, I admit it's it's not a, the story. Um, basically says that Microsoft are consistently ignoring reports from their beta testers of serious problems and pushing ahead with updates to Windows regardless, which is not a good look. And um, from that point of view, it's not great. But I can't see that's going to get a billion users to quit Windows 10 <laughs> any, any uh, more than... A... Yeah, well, that's one of their... That's one of their favourite headlines. Every every time they find something wrong with the iPhone, whether it's trivial or not, it's you know, Apple. You know, Apple floor gives everyone you know a reason to quit for Android uh, until the next day when they point out some flaw in Android, and it's a reason for six billion people to go to Apple. So um, it's a little bit like the. I mean, it says so. If it affected that many people, it would have to be something everyone knows about. Yes. Uh, and yet this paragraph here says the bug was introduced by the incre increasingly infamous Windows 10th of May 2020 update, and it breaks an important feature for many, fresh start. Yes. This allows users – so immediately they go to explaining what a fresh start is because most people won't know. Most people would have no <laughs> idea. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I um, it's, it's a concerning trend if Microsoft are basically ignoring their insider programs input and oh, pushing yeah. it. You know, what's, what's the point of having an insider beta tested, um, program if you then ignore serious flaws, which are brought to light. However, in a typical Forbes manner, they then have a headline, which, you know, is incredibly <laughs> negative. Um, I'm not a big fan of Forbes, but Forbes is a weird site in that, you know, they have a huge conglomeration of writers, including 
um, people like Carolina uh, and um, Bob O'Donnell and and people like that who, you know, are very um, knowledgeable and write very good articles. And um, then they have people who write incredible sensationalist rubbish. Um, let's just say they seem to take a very negative view of technology a lot of the time anyway. Um, there's certainly been a, you know, there's been a series of um, problems with Microsoft's updates. Uh, over the last year or two, um, but um, and the, the headlines really a clickbait to get you to read the article because people are too invested in Microsoft um, to actually leave it. I mean, where, where do they go? Um, do they go to Linux? Do they go to Apple? I very much doubt it. There's a great percentage are very much against Apple. You know, they don't like yeah. Apple. Um, so, so where do they take all their stuff to? Um, and there, you know, there, will, there will be a small a small amount of them will probably do that. They will move, but it's a big big move for people who's heavily invested in Microsoft. Yeah, and also it's one of those meaningless statements. I'll be honest, because if you're um, as you say heavily invested in Windows, you know um, there are a lot of things that you won't be able to move anywhere else. Um, in, mm-hmm. in in the way that Carolina was saying about the enterprise. Um, for some people, Linux is an option. Um, Ubuntu and whatnot are very, you know, nice, uh, and perfectly viable platform. Um, but it's no good if you have to, um, you know, Office, Microsoft Office is not available on, you know, Linux and, um, good as LibreOffice is, it is not Microsoft Office if you have to collaborate with, uh, you know, your work team. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes these things are just not an option if people are, are committed or, or stuck. It's not necessarily a matter of choice for a lot of people. Um, and talking about uh, matters of choice, the next one is Open Core Computer launches a commercial Hackintosh in violation of Apple's Mac OS license agreement. Um, this was on Mac Rumors, um, a bit like the Star uh, saga of yore. Um, a company uh, calling themselves Open Core Computer are launching, yes, uh, Hackintoshes, um, attacking the Mac Pro end of the uh, spectrum. So don't expect to go and buy a cheap uh, Hackintosh laptop from these people. Um, they start at about two and a half grand, I think, and they are boxes. They are um, designed to tackle the Mac Pro market. Um, they are blatantly you know, blatantly in uh, infringement of the uh, EULA. And I personally, I wouldn't buy one. I wouldn't buy one because it's pretty likely that um, in a few months they'll be shut down. Um, People have tried this before, though, haven't they? I mean, there have been companies that have produced hacking touch. Yeah. Well, I think before that as well. I'm sure there's been some in the past. Oh, there, there, there have been people who've done it in the past. I mean... Uh, there was no, the shortly actually sold them rather than just hacking them. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was a yes, yeah. there were a, there, um, obviously there was the short-lived clone program where Umax and and um, such people, but they you know they were licensed. Um, yes, and even when Steve came back and shut it down, those products were still supported until end of life. Um, but you know, if you buy one of these hackintoshes, commercially produced hackintoshes, and they get shut well, presumably down, presumably Apple could send you a. Uh... Turn it off immediately, notice. <laughs> they pro- quite possibly could, actually. You know, yeah. um, if they got a court injunction, um, you could find yourself quite a lot out of pocket, I would have thought. Um, mm. Also, the name Open Core, uh, by the way, is one of the... Open Core is one of the um, tools that you can use to build a Hackintosh. Now, we all know that technically building a Hackintosh is against the, uh, you know, the user agreement. But Apple have never actively pursued the hobbyist Hackintosh market. They have never, you know, um, gone to uh, people like Technoly or or the Open Core crew or um, the X. Yeah, they've likely discouraged it by updating their software every year. <laughs> so yes. it makes it difficult. <laughs> it, it, yes, you've got to basically if you've got to be interested in creating a Hackintosh for the sake of it, really. Yeah. Um, and but the open core um, people who create the open core tools for you know building a hackintosh. Yeah, like or, open core bootloader. Boot yes, loader. the op- open yep. core bootloader, which is used to um, you know modify the EFI and so on, have um, 
you know, out and out denied any uh, connection with these people and say that, you know, they do not endorse them in any way, shape or form, just to make that clear, by the way. Yeah, it's it's open core computers that's brought the computer out. Uh, Open core bootloader is a completely different... uh, Yes, yes, it is. That is right. Yes, I'm not surprised they're distancing themselves from it, though. No, they don't, because they don't want to get caught up in it. Yeah. No. No. The the Um, thing about this computer is it's it's not any cheaper than... uh, any, you know, it's not it's not cheaper than a, an IMAX. <laughs> Same price point, if not more expensive. It's not a and, cheap device. Yeah, and it is basically a box. So you yeah. know, um, there we go. I just thought we'd talk uh, mention that. Uh, Lego Mindstorms. I think you posted this one, Jim. Lego Mindstorms yes. blasts yep. back after seven years with a five-in-one programmable robot kit. Uh, not a lot to say about that, really, other than. Um, the Lego Mindstorms Ouch. were, yeah, it's not cheap. <laughs> yes, but 350 quid. I was thinking, good, that sounds cool. Then I looked at the price. Well, yeah. 329.99. Yeah, well, the Lego Mindstorm wow. stuff has never been cheap. Um, right. Because it, you know, it, it, it contains programmable uh, hardware and, and whatnot. It's, um, yeah, yeah. It's the modern equivalent to Meccano. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're in the, um, if you are a Lego fan and you like that kind of stuff, it's, I guess, in a way, the Mindstorm stuff is a sort of pre-packaged version of what um, the people who are, you know, who are heavily into building things using the Raspberry Pi or the Arduino and so on would yeah. um, design for themselves. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, a good road into learning programming and such like. Um, they're not cheap, but then assembling that sort of uh, uh, Lego's not cheap. Full stop. Never mind. Start adding in programmable computers and um, you um, know, actuators so, and all sorts of other bits and pieces. I suppose if you look at it uh, in the sense of most toys um, and electronic devices that kids get nowadays, they're on about on, on par with the price range. I suppose. Yes, I, mean, I don't think it's it's not. It's, it's not extortionately dear, but it's not a cheap buy either. No, it's not. Yeah. But you know, um, it's an educational not, tool, which is probably the yeah. good thing about it. I mean, plenty, plenty of people will go out and spend that sort of money on a drone or more, or a mm-hmm. you know radio-controlled yeah. plane or whatever. So it, it's not iPhone SE. Yeah, exactly. It's not out yeah. of this world. It's just. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us think all oh, Lego, so that's not going to be that expensive. But if you think about what you get, <laughs> Lego things can be quite expensive. Just you know, if you buy these, um, you know, the the, the technical these things, technical ones, yeah, with, with, you can make a spacecraft or oh yeah, some kind of well, Lego, Lego, yeah, no, Lego's not cheap, and Lego Technics is certainly not cheap. Uh, there we go. Yeah, it was just a, it was more of a visceral reaction to yes, as you, you said, uh, Simon, to seeing the word Lego and three hundred and twenty nine pounds <laughs> together. <laughs> yes, but uh, if you go if you go and look at one of the big you know one of the big Lego builds, I don't know something like say uh, the Ghostbusters uh, you know set, which involve you know build the whole Ghostbusters um, fire fire station uh, building with all the bits that will set you back a considerable sum. There we are. Um, UK competition watchdog has launched an investigation into Facebook's acquisition of Giphy, um, which uh, interesting mm-hmm, uh, competition and mergers uh, people are not con- you know not going to take this lying down without uh, having a good poke. And apparently, Facebook and Giphy have both um, agreed to effectively do nothing until that is concluded. Um, I'm still, I'm still puzzled why Facebook won't it. Well, yeah, other than um, because Giphy is very much the sort of the Google of gifts. But there we are. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if they want to acquire it out of spite, uh, you know, and cut everybody mm. else off from it, or if they have some plan. But there we go. Um, the UK uh, watchdog is uh, concerned that there might be. Um, reasons to investigate that. Uh, Jim posted this one, and Jim has been playing with this one. Uh, Adobe Photoshop camera brings real-time filters and AI to photo sharing. Um, This is a new free app from Adobe. Um, 
I think we've all agreed that they only appear to have stuck the word Photoshop on the front of it for um, brand recognition purposes. But effectively, <laughs> yeah. it's a. If you're expecting to to have a Photoshop app, uh, don't go. Don't know. Um, no. Your description of it and the pictures you you know uh, messed about with in the Slack and posted um, it reminds me of more of the sort of thing that um, Instagram did when it was new. It's like filters, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's, it's basically it's filters. filters. Yeah, it's filters. Yeah. Um, you can you can take a photograph with a sky, and you can replace the sky. Um, the 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 instant edits to just the normal pictures seem to be quite good, but other than that, yeah, um, I don't know. It's not a it's not one you would want to rely on as a pro, as a proper photo editing. Uh, I think Snapseed's I... still better. I think it's pitched very much at possibly people like my daughter who quite often use things like Snapchat filters and whatnot on their mm-hmm. pictures. Um, you know, it doesn't, more... it doesn't, it doesn't improve you any better because you saw the picture of me and it. Yeah. <laughs> rather scary. I mean, you're scary at the best of the time, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it struck me as a slightly strange thing for Adobe to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. On a side note actually about adobe this is my the personal conspiracy theory warning warning conspiracy um i all this talk about the arm mac um made me wonder if photoshop coming to the uh ipad was actually not prompted by uh, you know adobe believing they needed to get photoshop onto the ipad but because apple had warned them ahead of time that arm max would be the future and that if they wanted to get you know a, a, a head start on getting some um arm code down photoshop for ipad might be the way to get started That's uh, because well, i, I think interesting I, thought I, yeah. I think i read somewhere that uh, apple told developers uh to start de- you know, to start developing for the future uh, products and forget about the current ones. Uh, in other words, you know, develop for ARM-based computers. Uh, I can't remember where the, where the story was. But, I think uh, if, if that was true, it would have leaked out a long time ago. Uh, There's um, a story somewhere, one of the web. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. But yeah. I, this only, you know, don't get me wrong, this is not something that I thought of when um, Adobe said, you know, I'd love to be able to say, I said when Adobe announced Photoshop, you know, real Photoshop is coming to the iPad, uh, I would love to be able to point back to, a, a you know, a show or a, a tweet where I said, mm. ha, actually, this is just a, you know, a, a launch pad for uh, ARM Macintoshes, um, but I can't because it only occurred to me after all this, you know, ARM speculation this week. And I suddenly thought Adobe took a very long time to bring Photoshop to the iPad. Um, Now, there could be other reasons, of course, because of people like, um, you know, Seraph Affinity bringing their photo to the um, iPad. Pixelmator Pro came to the iPad um, and, and so on. So it could simply be that they were worried about competition, but it could be that secretly Apple had forewarned them. Conspiracy theory over. There we go. (laughs) I'm sure it's, you know, it just just occurred to me as a wild thought, I'll be honest. Um, That's pretty much it. Um, I've got... um, Security and privacy, uh, an app which will help tell you if your phone has been hacked. Uh, link to uh, Znet about that. You um, download it, it hacks your phone, and then it tells you yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, very oh. much not. It's it's uh, Jim has downloaded it or, or bought it. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, I'm the guinea pig. Yeah, ah. three whole pound. Uh, I verify. I verify it's called, is it? Um, It's, to be honest, rather than that being its main purpose, it's actually a tool to help you harden your um, iOS device against. Right. um, You know, it has a whole list of suggestions. It goes through your settings and says, you know, do do you really need this turned on? Do you really, you know, do you really want that? 
to be, um, you know, available to Facebook and so on. Um, yeah, if, if anything, basically what it does is it gives you a checklist to go through and you go into settings, follow what its advice, um, things like using D- was it DNS yeah. uh, on Safari, um, various other things to stop you being able to you know, being able to get your phone look you know broken into um your home screen um that kind of thing um but i don't know i'm um three pounds it's not expensive but at the same time i don't know um i wouldn't I, recommend I, it i think it's probably you could probably say um it's a nice I suspect, like a lot of these things, it would be a handy thing, perhaps, for somebody who is not as tech or security savvy yeah. as yeah. Uh, we and probably most of our listeners are. We could probably, you know, you might uh, well have gone through that um, checklist, Jim, and said, well, I know that, mm-hmm. I've done that, I've already made that decision, yes, no, no, no. Um I mean, I guess it's probably a conglomeration of advice that you can find very many places and that we've pointed to in the past, you know. Um, For for, for three quids, uh, it's a good prompt. Uh, It could be telling people, right, sort that out to stop people eavesdropping or getting into your phone. or It's a way of getting someone who doesn't really know anything about the the operating system to to make it more secure, but but on that... Probably not, you know, not not a recommended purchase for reasonably tech savvy users. Possibly um, handy for those who are less so. Ordinary Joe on the, on the street. Yeah, there we go. It's good to get to check things from time to time, isn't it? I mean, well, I had a uh, surprisingly, I had an email from ClearScore yesterday who uh, offered um, checking uh, your email. You know about these these lists of um, hacked yes. email addresses. It basically does that for you rather than you having to go and find it. Uh, and sure enough, it managed to find some old passwords on some, which I don't use anymore, yes. on some sites from years ago. But I thought, well, you know, it's good that they've offered it for it's people. Good. Yeah. Um, Might make one or two more people be careful. Yeah. And uh, for everybody who doesn't know, uh, Have I Been Pwned is the uh, yes. website to go, uh, which will check your details against, uh, you know, known leaked uh, be, 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 sitting, sit, be seated and have a glass of whiskey in your hand because you might get a wee fright yes what, <laughs> yeah. yes yes yeah. um and talking of that after uh, you know nick you said that you'd taken advantage of you know some of your uh, time at home to um go through your last pass security uh checkup and replace oh, one password. password. Yeah. Oh, well, one password yeah. in your case. Yes. Uh, mine, mine yeah. is last password. You, you use one password. I did the other week, um, a couple of weeks ago, do the same after putting it off. I went through, uh, you know, my last pass security checkup and basically changed pretty much um, any password which it didn't um, it didn't like, apart from yeah. a couple which are tied to uh, things to work, which are shared with. Um, you know, my work group and uh, it's mm-hmm. not, not my place to change because if I change them, everybody else will be screaming that they can't get access. to their... <laughs> <laughs> They can't get ex- access to the picture library. And they, you know, when we were in the office, you could announce you were going to do it and tell everybody. I can't really do much about that at the moment. Um, and most of those are, were are suggestions like this is not a particularly hard password and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all my personal passwords that were considered, um, insufficient have been replaced so there you go jolly good um and just to wrap up before we go then uh worth the chirps uh block youtube ads by adding one symbol to the url and uh this is subtitled with great power um basically uh android authority all you need to do is add a period after the dot com of a video url Use this power responsibly. Um, there you are. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, it probably won't work for long, but <laughs> uh, that's good. Add one extra character to the video address, specifically a period after .com in the URL, instead of visiting youtube.com slash watch diggly googly googly goo, um, add a dot 
you know, period at the end, and this apparently will block the YouTube ads. Um, and as they say, use responsibly because your favourite YouTubers um, obviously rely on those ads for monetization and thus paying their bills. So, um, yeah. you know, use, use kindly. Um, and that is a very good tip, however, if you're a casual browser, right? You add that. And um, I think someone in the Slack pointed out that if you then kind of jump from link to link um, without entering a new address, the, the, uh, the ad blocking uh, continues. How long that will work, as you say, Nick, before, <laughs> before YouTube and uh, Google figure that one out, I don't know. But there you are. For the short term, that is the tip. Um, and some other worth of chirps which have been hanging around for a couple of weeks because uh, Donnie posted them and we've had a couple of fairly unstructured shows. Um, Donnie has discovered Critter, the digital painting um, app, which is free. That's K-R-I-T-A uh, dot org. Um, and you can get um, a digital painting app in, in the like of, uh, well, in the like of various other painting apps. Um, I, I've never mentioned that before because digital painting isn't my thing and I thought everybody knew about Critter, but obviously, of course, not everybody does. Um, and he also discovered uh, another um, free and open source app called Open Tunes, which is T-O-O-N-Z, which is a 2D animation and vector illustration app, um, which is on GitHub. Uh, there we are. And I think that's probably enough for now. So, there we go, chaps. Another great show. Um, very nice to have Carolina on. And as I said, very serendipitous that uh, she appeared on a week when uh, the Apple rumour mill went berserk. So, um, time to wrap up, I guess. Jim, do you want to start? Yeah, you can find me in the Slack group um, on Flickr as the SRPS Paint Shop. And I'm the administrator of the Essential uh, Apple uh, Flickr group. And I'm also on Vimeo, but you're best looking at the show notes for the, for that link. <laughs> yes, yes. Or just search for uh, James T. Ormiston uh, on Vimeo, and that will find him. Um, but the link will be in the show notes. Uh, Nick? Uh, yeah, you can find me very occasionally on Twitter. Um, I actually tweeted something not long ago, which was a, a real revelation. Um, but uh, my uh, username is Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And you can hear me occasionally on Bots. Let's talk Apple. Excellent. Um, I, of course, can be found on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Um, I probably don't say this enough, but be warned, there's an awful lot of politics, humour, satire, and general jabber on there it's not all uh, apple stuff um and this is the point i suppose i should say uh, thank you to all of you who listen thank you to those of you who support us um whether that's financially via you know uh, patreon or the pinecast tips jar or if it's simply by uh, retweeting our you know shows uh, promoting our show to other people all the rest somebody send us some reviews and we'll read them out um that's probably about it. All of the stuff for the show is, of course, over on the website at essentialapple.com. And I think for now, that's all. So we look forward to seeing you all again next week. Cheerio, all. Cheerio. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, 
Bart Bouchot and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hello and good evening. This is Gads for the MyMac podcast. And we know you have your pick of high-quality, downloadable audio content, and we appreciate that you choose ours. Quite right, old bean. This is Guy, and we're here to say that the MyMac podcast is the right choice to make. Intelligent, cultured, and downloaded by only the finest and most educated people. Indeed. In fact... We restrict our delightful missives to only those best suited... <sighs> Guy, I can't go on with this. Who are we kidding? The MyMac podcast is probably one of the most accessible shows there is. Gaz, we're trying to up our reputation here. Oh, shut it. Listen, folks, tired of tech podcasts that talk over your head and go on too long, taking themselves so seriously, you'd think they were the ones making the product? then you should listen to the MyMac.com podcast. At least three good chuckles per segment. If my math is right, that's about ten laughs per show. Right. Because three times three is ten. Sometimes I really wonder about you, Guy. No need to wonder where to find the podcast. Just go to iTunes and search for MyMac. Subscribe and jump into the fun. You know, we're part of the Stoplight Network, and there are a lot of important people there. Well, we did say we hardly know anyone important. Though there was that time I was less than 30 feet away from the Waz, and I could have sworn we made eye contact. Most likely, he was having stomach cramps. Well, that would explain why he was doubled over at the time. The MyMac.com podcast. Enjoy it over a copper. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.